It's the Eclectic Monk, brought to you by WOW. The new energy drink with so many chemicals in it, even the water is unnatural. Wow! It's not good for you, but it's good. Now here's your host, the Eclectic Monk. So there's there's something about turning 60 that kind of makes you a bit reflective. At least that's what it's done for me. And one of the things I've been reflecting on this past week, you know, since I turned 60, uh, is music. The music I like, the music I love, and, and why I love this music. I was sitting, browsing through my album collection and, uh, and just thinking about how eclectic it is, which, you know, you would expect. But I do, I do want to just share in this podcast some of the things that I have realized about my own musical taste and hopefully will give you some ideas of some things to explore for yourself as you reach out and dive into the wide world of music, popular rock and roll and other types of music that I really love. So here we go. Things I have learned about myself and my musical taste after 60 years of listening. I've discovered that I love blues guitar. Blues guitar, there's nothing like it. There's nothing that that touches me emotionally like a fantastic blues guitar break. And so that means I'm kind of uh, drawn toward bands and groups that have blues guitarists. Of course, when you think of blues guitar, you immediately think of Eric Clapton. Clapton is the preeminent blues guitarist for you know our modern generation. And uh, I was recently able to find a John Mayall album that had Eric Clapton playing on it on a few tracks. It was an album from 1971 called Back to the Roots. And um, I was so excited because it almost completes my Eric Clapton collection. I have... Fresh Cream, which was the first Cream album. Now I have John Mayall with Eric Clapton playing along with him. I've got, uh, of course, Clapton on his own. Uh, Slow Hand is a fantastic album. I've also got Blind Faith, and uh, I have Derek and the Dominoes. The only thing I don't have at least a sampling of with Eric Clapton on guitar is the uh, early Yardbirds from around 62, 63. So... That's on my list of things to look for and hopefully find at a yard sale for two bucks because anything you can find now is probably going to be way, way too expensive. But you never know. You stumble onto things. So, But I love Eric Clapton. I love David Gilmour. If you listen to Pink Floyd, you'll understand that David Gilmour is a fantastic blues guitarist. His sensibilities and the way he expresses himself on his guitar is absolutely uh, just fantastic blues guitar, blues riffs. If you listen to Comfortably Numb, one of the great guitar breaks of all time, that is stunning blues guitar. Of course, you can't talk blues without talking the Allman Brothers, and that's Dwayne Allman and Dickie Betts, two fantastic guitarists. Of course, Dwayne was killed in a motorcycle accident way too young. Um, No telling what he would have done, but again, some fantastic blues guitar work with the Allman Brothers. Even after Dwayne was gone, Dickie Betts was a fantastic guitarist. So a guy named Ronnie Woods, and a lot of people might know of him as one of the Rolling Stones, but actually he started out with uh, playing with the Faces, 
with Rod Stewart on vocals. And I, I love Rod Stewart, by the way. It's another one that I, I really appreciate. But Ron Woods had a bottleneck guitar style that was just really, really fun to listen to. Very compelling. Check out The Faces, the early Rod Stewart albums, and then he went and became one of the Rolling Stones. Ron Woods is a great guitarist. And, of course, Terry Kath, the tragically uh, dead guitarist for Chicago. Terry Kath was a fantastic blues guitarist. Again, go back, listen to uh, Chicago 1, Chicago 2, those early Chicago albums, and listen to the guitar work that Terry Kath was putting down. He was an incredible guitarist, and it's all based on blues guitar. Fantastic. And we could talk about so many others, you know, Prince, George Harrison was a good good blues guitarist when he wanted to be uh, Mike Campbell uh, from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers so many great blues guitarists and that's I've figured out kind of the sound the guitar sound that I am drawn to but I also love folk music and and I love even the 60s folk revival stuff I love Pete Seeger who actually was uh, from the 50s uh, I love Bob Dylan's early folk stuff. Uh, I love the lyrics that he was doing. I love Peter, Paul, and Mary. And you go back and listen to, to their harmonies and, and just the content of what they were singing about. Uh, it's, it's so moving. I still love to listen to them. I was listening to Peter, Paul, and Mary yesterday, as a matter of fact. Um, I love the mamas and the papas, raised with them in the background of my life. And of course, as you move forward, you get into Gordon Lightfoot and, and John Denver, who kind of came in at the end of the big uh, 60s folk revival and then carried into the 70s in that great singer-songwriter genre. I love that kind of music. I listen to it a lot, and um, especially Gordon Lightfoot, who I just think is one of the greatest underrated songwriters and uh, musicians of all time. And, of course, that music led into the great California sound, the explosion that came out of uh, Laurel Canyon with uh, Jackson Brown the Eagles, and Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, CSNY, of course. Everybody loves them, right? I know I do. But that leads me to something I've discovered just in the last few years. I love Neil Young. I've, I've been a Neil Young fan for a very long time. I've seen Neil in concert uh, several times. Um, and yes, Neil Young is a weird old man. There's no two ways about it. He was a weird young man. Um, but as much as I love Neil Young, I've discovered I really like Stephen Stills. I, I, I don't think you have to like just one of them, but I, I do like Stephen Stills. I especially enjoy his uh, album Manassas, which was his kind of side project that he did. It's a double album, and it's, it's just fantastic record. I think Stephen Stills really, and, and I know some people might throw rocks at me, I think he's a better musician than Neil Young. He's a multi-instrumentalist. If you go back and listen to the first Crosby, Stills, and Nash album, the one without Neil Young on it, uh, Stills pretty much played every instrument on that album. Uh, Graham Nash and David Crosby did a little bit, but most of it is Stephen Stills in the studio playing. I think he's got a better voice than Neil Young. I know my daughter would agree with that. He's a great writer. He writes fantastic songs. I would say he's as good as Neil Young when it comes to writing and, you know, he's an ass. He is an egomaniac, but he's not a flake. And Neil Young, who I love, is a flake. So, I like Stephen Stills. 
I don't know if I would say I like him more than I like Neil Young, but I really like his music as much. I didn't know that until a few years ago. Another thing that I've discovered about myself uh, is that I like 90s music, 90s into the early 2000s. This is the music my kids were listening to as they were growing up. And uh, so I, now there's some of it I couldn't stand, I'm not going to lie. But some of it I really liked. In fact, I still listen to it. I, I've got my 90s mix uh, that I put on and listen to uh, on a pretty regular basis, as a matter of fact. And, and here's just a few of the bands that I, I really enjoy their music. I like their sound. Uh, the Goo Goo Dolls. You gotta like the Goo Goo Dolls. They were they were a great band. Counting Crows. I I really love the Counting Crows. I think uh, Adam Duritz one of the greatest songwriters ever. He really writes fantastic lyrics, and I'm a lyrics guy. Third Eye Blind. Great band. Death Cab for Cutie. Again, Ben Gibber was a fantastic lyricist. Uh, these are dense songs. The Decemberist. You have to listen to their lyrics and, and their music, and, and you have to say, wow, that's some really intelligent music that they lay down. I like Snow Patrol. I had forgotten the name of the band. I was actually sitting on the chiropractor table, and the song came up, uh, Chasing Cars, and I couldn't remember the name of the song, and I couldn't remember the name of the band, but I was like, oh, yeah, I like this band. So I went, Googled it, figured out who it was, listened to their Greatest Hits album recently, and, and realized they put out a lot of really good music. And I want to explore this music even more. So these are all 90s groups. And there are others, uh, brand new. Another kind of obscure group that I really like. And, and the problem with the 90s, early 2000s stuff and into modern stuff is that it's all kind of streaming now, right? Back when I was collecting music as a kid, we bought albums. Then everybody started buying CDs. And we figured out the CDs don't hold their, um, well, they don't hold their format your CD will lose its format. The music will disappear. It'll get scratched up and you can never play it again. It's worse than an album because you ride them around in your car and you drop them out the window. I don't know. They they just um, lose their digital essence. So they lied to us in the 90s when they said the CDs were going to be superior to vinyl, which is why everyone's gone back to vinyl because we figured out it was better all along. So you've had another birthday. Isn't that fun? You sleep for 10 hours and wake up exhausted. Your knee hates you. Your bladder controls your life because you no longer control your bladder. That stabbing pain in your back is like an old friend. You used to wonder what being old was like and now you know. It sucks. But what can you do? And you turn back the clock and regain your youth with all its vigor and enthusiasm? Sorry, senior citizen, but the answer is no. However, the pharmacology experts at Astral Farsica have a pill for you. Hazonia. Nothing can change your failing body, but Hazonia can change your mind by altering your brain chemistry. Hazonia makes you feel young again. Well, at least it makes you feel as if the way you feel is actually the way you felt when you were young. It may not be true, but does it matter if you feel like it's true? You're getting old. Hazania can make that feel better. And who 
doesn't want that. Astrophosica assumes no liability for this product. Terrible side effects have been noted in test subjects including erupting sores, violent mood swings, uncontrollable flatulence, loss of vocal capacity, loss of muscle control, loss of memory, loss of appetite, loss of sight, loss of hearing, unreasonable feelings of fear, dread, euphoria, and anger, and a total psychotic break that may lead to arson, attempted murder, and extreme expressions of self-loathing. Are you too damned old? Get haze on ya and forget all about it. Don't you feel better already? Something else I've really discovered about myself is that I like hitless albums. They say, what does that mean? Well, it means that I love bands, but I love usually the albums I like the best are the ones that had no hits on them. Usually they're kind of early in the band's development before they get that big you know, break or that big radio song. And um, I, I do like hitless albums. Not all of them that way, but here's, here's a few that I really love. Uh, I love Queen. There's no doubt about it. I love Queen. I will say to the probably the end of my life that the greatest concert I ever saw was Queen uh, around 1980. Uh, we were on the floor on the stage, like seven rows back from the stage. I can say I have seen the sweat running down Freddie Mercury's face as he completely enraptured a full Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. It was a fantastic night. But my favorite Queen album is Queen 2. It's the second record they did. It's a different record. There was not a single hit on it. Well, they had a hit in England. Seven Seas of Rye was kind of a hit in England. But here in the U.S., it got no airplay. And this was an album that most people don't really even know exists outside of the iconic album cover. Nobody's ever listened to Queen 2. But it's a fantastic record. And I love it. Another record I love, band I love, is Journey. Uh, no, no, you know, I make no bones about it. Journey is one of the greatest bands of all time. Uh, and Steve Perry had one of the greatest voices of all time. But the Journey album that I love the most is Journey's third album. It's called Next. It's before Steve Perry joined the band, right before he joined the band. Greg Raleigh was still the lead singer, who I think was fantastic and loved Greg Raleigh's stuff. Um... It's a fantastic record from beginning to end. Great record. Not a single hit on it. And of course, then they would bring Steve Perry into the studio, make Infinity and become Journey as we know them. But Journey, next. It's a good record. You need to listen to that one. Kansas. It's actually their third album. It's called Mask. Not a single hit on it. Fantastic record. I've loved this record since the first time I put it on. I can never understand why it didn't break. Why this wasn't the record that made Kansas a household name, that would happen the next year when uh, Left Overture came out and Carry On Wayward Son would hit the radio. But Kansas Mask is a great record, not a single hit on it. Another great record is Neil Young's first self-titled album, Neil Young. It's got an ugly album cover. It's a weird painting of Neil Young on the cover. It has The Loner, which should have been a huge hit, but it wasn't. I'm still not sure why. Again, one of those records that I love from beginning to end. 
the production quality maybe not as good as Neil would have liked, but I've never really sat down and said, wow, that album just sounds bad. Not that the songs are bad, but it sounds bad. I never thought it was it was that way. Maybe a bit overproduced, but um, no hits, but a record I really like. And then one that, again, uh, has no hits on it is Pink Floyd's Animals. Animals is, is the album that came out before The Wall. And one reason it had no hits on it was because it didn't have any hit length songs on it. Maybe it played well on FM radio on colleges, you know, all over the country. But, uh, you know, when one song takes up a whole album side or two songs take up a whole album side, you don't really have that hit material. You know, there's not a three and a half minute song that can hit the AM waves and and break out as a huge hit. But Pink Floyd's Animals, I think, is a really good record. It's probably more relevant today than it was when it came out as Roger Waters breaks down humanity into three different groups, into dogs pigs and sheep and if nothing that we've learned over the last few years uh, has taught us anything is that Roger Waters was was pretty right when he breaks humanity out into those three groups listen to the record it's fantastic finally one of the things I've learned is that I really love groups that a lot of people especially the young people have no idea that they even exist bands that have fallen off the radar for whatever reason or you know had their moment and then have kind of faded out bands like the band i think the band is one of the most influential uh, groups of all time in the late 60s into the early 70s but you know they ended on a high note they decided to walk away from it before they really hated each other and um, Robbie Robertson, fantastic. Uh, Levon Helms is a drummer and a vocalist, fantastic. All of these guys were great musicians, and they went on to do some good music. But the band was just a fantastic group. If you want to see a great rock and roll film, watch The Last Waltz. It was the band's final concert. It was caught on film, and it is really, really I think one of the great rock and roll films of all time. Don't waste your time on the Woodstock movie. Watch The Last Waltz. It's a much, much better experience. Um, another group that I love, desperately love, is Badfinger. And when I say Badfinger, most people look at you with a blank stare. They have no idea who Badfinger is. One of the saddest uh, stories in rock and roll history, but fantastic band. Uh, first band to be uh, one of the first bands to sign on with Apple when the Beatles started their label uh, and Badfinger again a group that had hit after hit after hit in the early 70s and then well they disappeared because they had terrible management and that terrible management led to desperation and uh, two of the guys committed suicide and that was the end of Badfinger very sad but what a good band and what great music. I love Traffic, the band Traffic. And they started out uh, around 67 as a psychedelic band. And, uh, of course, it's Steve Winwood on guitar and vocals and keyboards. He had come out of the Spencer Davis group. He would go on to be in Blind Faith with Eric Clapton and have a solo career of his own. But Traffic, fantastic, fantastic group. Uh, Dave Mason was part of that group. And then, he, of course, Dave Mason went on to be a great solo artist that no one's ever heard of. 
if you don't know who Dave Mason is, go check out some of his work as well. But Traffic was a fantastic group. Then there's Buffalo Springfield. When you say Buffalo Springfield, people look at you like you're crazy. We don't even know what that is. Well, Buffalo Springfield is where all of that California music came from. It's Neil Young. It's Stephen Stills. It's Richie Fure. It's Jim Messina. It's every great Laurel Canyon band that you ever loved together for just a couple of years because their egos and their inexperience imploded that group before they could really get their feet under them. But what an important band and what great music these guys put out. And then there's bands like Styx, Foreigner. And my particular favorite from that era, uh, that mid-70s to early 80s, is REO Speedwagon. I love REO Speedwagon. And again, you know, everybody knows maybe a couple of songs that REO did, but they put out some really, really good music. And for me, again, one of those hitless albums, REO 2, their second album that they put out, is one of my favorite records of all time. I love that record. It's a good rock and roll record. And Gary Richrath was a great rock guitarist with blues overtones. He, he, he understood blues riffs. So it kind of takes me full circle back around to the kind of music I love. Rock and roll with good vocals, good lyrics, and a nice blues guitar. Well... I hope you enjoyed this journey down memory lane with me. I hope I've given you some groups and musicians that you might want to check out and listen to. And as you do, don't forget, travel well. Enjoy the journey. And never doubt that you are deeply, deeply loved by the God that created you. Oh, and don't stop rocking. At the end of the day, no matter how old you get, rock and roll will never let you down. See you next time. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Eclectic Monk, and I'd appreciate it if you would like this episode, subscribe to the channel, and share it with people in social media and just by word of mouth. And I invite you to check out my website, theeclecticmonk.com, where you'll find my web store, my video vlog, my backlog of music videos, and all kind of different stuff. Hey, we're on this journey together. Let's enjoy it. And again, thank you so much. <laughs>